folks. Thanks for tuning in. You know, you're in for a treat when you hear that tune. So it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. So I have to thank our wonderful sponsors, Mark Brashan and everybody over at Website Amp. And of course, the team at Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. Couldn't do it without you. So thank you all so much. Um, if you're uh, an avid listener, you know that this is week two of our two-week uh, contest where with a lot of our members down in Las Vegas right now and traveling, uh, we don't have a full panel for the podcast. So I'm just going to be taking a couple hands that I played in the World Series this year. And we're having a little contest where you can win uh, some free membership at the premium experience over at rec.poker. And all you have to do is send me a tweet. So if you were listening last week, you know that uh, I'm playing in the Super Turbo Bounty event. I'm down to eight big blinds. There's a player in the big blind who has less than a big blind. So they're all in blind right now, and their bounty is in play. There's another player uh, a, two, a few spots to my left. They have about 1.2 big blinds. So they're very likely to be getting it in on this hand. The player immediately to my right, who's one of everyone else at the table who has us all very comfortably covered. There's the three small stacks, the big blind, the player two to my left, and me. I can take them both out. Everyone else can take us out. And the player to my right effectively puts me all in to start the action. So the question was, what is the worst hand that you call with here? With a chance to win two bounties... And because these other players are going to get involved in the action, I think you have a chance to quadruple up. Like, like mostly what's going to happen is you're going to lose. If I get my chips in here, no matter how good the hand is, and it goes four or five handed, mostly what's going to happen is I'm going to lose. Um, but every once in a while, I'm going to win with any two cards. And I'm going to win two bounties because there's a lot of players in the pot. I'm going to quadruple or quintuple up. So there's a real incentive to win this hand. We just don't get to control the cards that were dealt or the cards that anyone else has dealt. Unfortunately, boy, wouldn't that be fun? In fact, let's make a note to John Zomsky and the powers that be. Maybe we should get a little more control over the cards that were dealt and the cards that other people are dealt. What do you think, John? We'll see what he has to say about that. <laughs> um, so I did go into the tank here a bit because I recognized that this was a spot that I couldn't just turn down without thinking about it. But I didn't want to throw my tournament life away by just playing any two cards here. But the, it, ugh, the blinds go up so fast, and I'm already down to eight big blinds. And I'm worried that if I don't pick this spot, I'm just going to blind out over the course of the next two orbits and uh, then I'll just end up shoving with a hand like ace-8 and get called by king-10 or something like that and feel good, but then lose because a 10 comes on the flop or something like that. So, the, the, you know, as, as our man uh, Fareed Jatton says, the cost of confrontation is not very high right now when we have eight big blinds in a super turbo bounty. So the cost of being wrong isn't as great as it would be in a typical freeze-out. And the cost of being right the, the benefit of being right is actually greater than usual because of the weight of these two bounties. So this is a $1,500 uh, bracelet event. Each bounty is worth $500. So if I did take out these two players and get their two bounties here, I'd have $1,000, which is pretty sweet. 
but like I said, more importantly, I'd also have, uh, you know, 32 to 40 big blinds, which would put me in a very different, different position in the tournament where I am, uh, currently with eight. So I did put this out on Twitter and we got a few responses. So one is from Brandon Roberts at bet with B Rob. So Brandon says he'd probably get it in with King queen or ACE eight suited, depending on stack size or how loose under the gun is playing. But I lean towards opening up the range here because of it being a turbo mount, which is, I think is exactly the right approach that we should be thinking about. Um, I think we should widen it up. Uh, but okay, Brandon, you got a good guess in there and you were the first person to put your guess out there. So I appreciate that, Brandon. I'll be in touch. Um, you're going to get a free month of uh, premium membership at Poker. And then we got a comment from Woody Adams, who is on our wrecking crew here. And uh, Woody has never found a spot that he didn't enjoy getting his chips in. He's a lot like me in that way. He says, what a spot. I'm going to say pretty wide, actually. You figure with all those bounties you can snag, and if you win, you got a good stack. Time to gamble. He says, when it comes to his range, (laughs) I love Woody. He says, I'm only calling if they give me exactly two cards. So yeah, Woody says that he's getting in there with pretty much any two because it's just such a good spot. Uh, he can't turn it down. We got a great response uh, from Chris Jones, who says, with bounties on the line and a turbo format, I'm gambling a bit more here. So it could be wrong, but unless there are ICM bubble implications, my worst hands, ace two suited, king six offsuit, sorry, Ace two suited, king six suited, queen eight suited, jack ten suited, pocket twos, ace eight offsuit, king ten offsuit, queen jack offsuit. You know, Chris has put some thought into this because he really knows how to hit all those different kinds of hands that you could have. Your suited aces, your suited kings, your suited queens, your suited connectors, your pocket pairs, your offsuit aces your offsuit uh, Broadway hands. He's really approaching this from a range point of view. And then uh, we heard from Barry Carter, who uh, refers us to a PokerStrategy.com article. And PokerStrategy.com is a great site. It's a free resource for recreational poker players. You can download Equilab there. I encourage everyone to go in. And we're not affiliated with them, but it's just they're, they're a great resource. So folks should check them out. Um, and this is all, if you look me up at Rec Poker Gym. Uh, if you search for the word spot, this will be the first tweet thread that comes up. There's three tweets in a row here where, where I outline the situation. And Barry's response is, I think the answer is to go wide here, but with hands that do well multi-way. So maybe muck your ace two offsuit, but call your jack 10 suited type hands. He says it depends on the relative size of the bounty too. If it's late in a non-progressive uh, knockout, then play as tight as usual, etc. Uh, referring to some different factors and different kinds of bounty formats. So this is actually really encouraging to me because I was sweating this. I was I really did put myself in the tank for this one, and I I so I'll tell you what I had. I had a Jack Nine offsuit, and it's just a it's just not a very good hand. It's just not a very good hand. Um, but it's a one gapper. It's, you know, two cards higher than an eight. That's got something going for it. Um, it can make straights. 
I'm not going to go the old, it's got two flush draws going for it. Um, but there's something valuable about being uh, one gap away from each other that, that does get you something. So it sounds like from what I've seen on Twitter here, and again, I'm recording this before the previous episode comes out. So I hope some folks have uh, uh, tagged me with their own uh, ranges, their own best hand or worst hand that they would fold or continue with here so we can get some more uh, nuanced and vibrant conversation going about it. But it sounds like, so Jack-10 suited is maybe one that Barry Carter would advocate for. I think uh, Woody's putting them all in. Um King Queen is the one uh, that uh, Brandon pointed to. Chris Jones, he gets close here. He, I really enjoyed uh, talking to Chris Jones about poker. He's, he's got Queen 8 suited, Jack 10 suited, Queen Jack offsuit, King 10 offsuit. So he, you know, he and Barry, they could have extended those down to Jack 9 uh 10 9 but they didn't and i made a fold that <sighs> i knew was on the cusp but it felt like a disciplined fold i'd gone into this tournament expecting to take spots like this and when it came up i w- i'd been waiting for it i saw this guy coming up in the big blind I was really prepared to do it. And I just wanted a better hand than this. I think if it was 10 jack suited, I would have shoved. I think if it was jack nine suited, I probably would have just shoved as well. But jack nine offsuit, it just felt like it was the universe telling me to pick a better spot a little later on. So to demonstrate how wide some of the other players were, uh, it went six-handed to the fly-folded. Basically, everyone to my left called including the short stack. Um, it went six-handed to the flop. Someone put a big bet out there on the flop and pushed everyone else out. And two players went to showdown with 6-2 offsuit. 6-2 offsuit was tabled by more than one player on this spot. Um, I just broke out into a flop sweat immediately because I folded, I think I mentioned Jack-9 offsuit. And the flop was queen, jack, nine, and then a bunch of garbage after that. So we would have flopped uh, two pair. It would have held up. We would have won both bounties. We would have sextupled up and gone into the next orbit uh, at 48 big. Well, I guess that's not really true. At closer to 40 big blinds instead of eight big blinds. But that's just being results oriented. Um, I still... <laughs> it's the, it's the hand that's bugging me. I played three bracelet events uh, this week, and this this is it's not my bust out hand. It's it's a hand that I folded pre flop, but it's the one that's driving me crazy because it felt like I was very close to being able to make a pivotal decision there. And so many of the tournaments that we play, you know, a lot of the hands just kind of play themselves. There's only so many pivotal hands where your play really changes the outcome of the tournament. This felt like one for me and i will kind of look forward to uh, as more people reach out on twitter and i see some other people's ranges and i wrestle with this a little bit more i will i hope start to feel better about making what turns out to be a correctly disciplined fold but that's not really the business i'm in if you know what i mean so um maybe it was just practicing 
for the main event. I think there's going to be some disciplined folds in my future in the main event. So hopefully that's what we were doing. We were just exercising those disciplined folding muscles and, uh, and we'll just see. So I hope uh, folks did send me a tweet. If you did, you got a free week, uh, sorry, a free month of premium uh, membership at rec.poker. And by the time you hear this episode, unfortunately, it's too late to take advantage. You should have been listening to the previous week. Uh, but that's why you got to stay right on top of these Rec Poker podcast episodes, folks. Uh, it's never too late to find out what kind of prize you could have won. But if you have any questions or uh, if you've got some thoughts to share about this, please reach out to me at Rec Poker Jim on Twitter, or you can email me, Jim at Rec.Poker. And without any further ado, I just want to thank all our members for making this such an amazing place to come and hang out and talk poker. Um, our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Website Amp, and you, the listeners. 